Welcome back to Absurdity. Matthew Lucio joins me once again from the Adventist History Podcast and the Peoria Adventist YouTube channel. Uh, Matt, if I am the, if I have been announced as the, or kind of presented as the, no, established, that's the word I want. If I have been established as the podfather, the godfather of Adventist podcasting, then you are now the godfather of church uh, live streams and online online streaming tools. Other churches obviously have been doing this for forever, but they're not making that information like available in the same way you are. Like they're not going with the intentional mentorship and support angle that you are. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've pivoted here. We've had this channel, our YouTube channel, Pure Avenue, up for a year and we've just kind of pivoted to being like, okay, how do we help churches start this thing? Uh, and not just start it, like just go download this program and get it going. But under like our video on lighting is like, I want you to understand how lighting works. You know, the different mm-hmm. kind of features of lights, the quality of it. And, you know, like understand it because this is not just something of like, well, we just got to get through this crisis. You know, just give me enough information. Just tell me what to buy and help me get through this. It's like, no, 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 no. And this may be something we talk about today. I know we've talked about it in the past. It's like, you need to get yourself in this mindset that this is the, going to be the new normal. Your church should have some kind of online ministry, uh, not just kind of giving the internet your leftovers, you know, whatever part of the service you decide to film, but just doing something for the internet, giving them something yeah. that, that nobody else is getting. So, The internet is a place for church content for sure. Like I 100% agree. I disagree that it should always be on TikTok or Snapchat or whatever, <laughs> but um, I, I do think that there is a, definitely a place for uh, spiritual content and there is a need for it for your church members, um, especially unless you're pastoring people who don't use the internet, um, which fair enough. But no, I think what you're doing is cool. Have you seen any sort of bump or boost in your views or anything or like interactions since then or churches reaching out? Oh yeah. I mean like our, our monthly subs have like quadrupled since uh since this started so yeah you know people just they want to know how to do things this is you know a lot of people it's like they were just always in the side of their life or the back of their mind and now they're like we gotta we gotta learn we gotta learn quick and so we're just happy to help uh yeah yeah well i am uh i'm excited now because now that i've done that webinar yeah um which it was a success we didn't have a ton of people don't get me wrong but it was more money than i would have had not doing it so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, for questions I was already getting. So thanks, it's no Grandma, big deal. Thanks, for showing up. Really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks, Mom. Uh, no, I recorded the last session of it and cut that up by section. So you can actually go to absurdnetwork.com slash webinar um, and you can either buy the entire two-hour webinar or you can buy it based on individual sections. So you can pay eight bucks for just the editing and recording section or just the equipment section or where I explain everything. I mean, I go... Vi- it's a two-hour presentation. Like... Um, I go in now it is just the webinar raw. There's no fluff. There's no anything else. It's, I mean, it's just straight information. Um, so, but you can go and buy that and then I will email you a download link to it. Um, and that is the easiest way. The whole thing is worth is $25. So, um, super cheap for two hours of, of content that will, that will empower you to create content. It's not even, um, it's not even like, oh, you're asking me to do this for what, what is I pay $10 for a movie. No, this is, this is $25 for empowerment and, uh, equipping information. So, um, but it was really cool to do. And, um, I think, 
Um, I, I, I've gotten some good feedback from those that attended it. And we are actually today, when this episode is dropping today, <laughs> um, is when I'm announcing the uh, winner of the webinar. I'm just going to email out to the to the attendees and then I'll announce it on Twitter and Facebook as well. But, um, so the winner is getting a, a podcasting gear startup Sweet. Um, thing. So Sweet. Um, I haven't, I actually, what's funny is I haven't actually finalized what gear I'm going to get them, but, um, it's a Yeti. it's a Yeti guys. It's a Yeti, um, as a gag gift. I would, I would, you know what I would do? I would buy a, just, this is a spiteful lamp. I would buy a Yeti, hollow the whole thing out and put another microphone in it. Dang. Um, and have and that be the gift wrapping. That's that's Dang. that's what I would do um, because that's that's how petty I am. Yeah. I hate the Yeti. Take that, Grandma. Uh, even though the first like ten episodes of this podcast were done on a yeah, Yeti, yeah, like a uh, lot of us started out with a Yeti. Yeah, and that's what I'm. I'm trying to save people from making the same mistakes. That's I mean that's uh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but th- 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 there is a flip side to all of that, which is I. Um. I think I've spent, I mean, you and I have talked about this before too, but I, I have spent so much of the last eight months talking about the actual craft and logistics side of podcasting uh, on top of creating a ton of content yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis. We haven't missed last week of, it was Easter week. So we took a break. Uh, last week was the first week of absurdity uh, that I have missed in a year and a half, basically. We have not taken a break since 2018, somewhere in 2018. Um, And that's on top of producing episodes. We last year produced about probably 40 episodes of of the Echo podcast with the Carolina Conference um, of Seventh-day Adventists for young adults and uh, produced lead podcast episodes, which I actually need to edit (laughs) Um, and launched a new podcast, launched a new network and doing the scratch on a weekly basis. Like, I have been pumping out content like mad and I've been spending money to do it. Yep. That's what's even funnier. So yeah, it, 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 I'm, I'm very tired is, is what I'm going to say there. I am incredibly tired. Well, and that, that's something that needs to be talked about. In fact, there's, I want to just jump back just a little bit when you talked about your webinar, because this is really important, especially for people out there who uh, haven't been accustomed to supporting creators on the internet. and there may be somebody thinking like, well, why should I have to pay for content? I can just watch things for free on YouTube, right? I can consume podcasts for free, da 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 Let me just say, support your creatives in your life. Support the people who are teaching you and blessing you with knowledge. And Because all of us have bought and done things and learned from mistakes. And when when Ryan tells you something... It's probably because at some point in his life, he wasted time and money to learn that lesson. Like, I know you can get a lot of free stuff on the internet, but support the creatives in your life because we are all, there are only going to be more creatives doing more things on the internet as, as time goes on. And this is going to be the new normal. We have to find oh, ways yeah. to support them, guys. Um, no, thank you for that. And, and I 100% agree. And I think... What amazes me is the number of people that I that I see are still getting questions about how to start a podcast from church, from pastors, from leaders, from just random people. And I'm sitting here like, um, you won't even pay ten dollars. It was a ten dollar webinar, and yeah. there were several people that I know of that just didn't want to. It's ten dollars. I granted, don't get me wrong. Like I know, I know that this is a hard time financially, but I'm not saying like uh, drop a million dollars. Nor am I saying you have to. I'm just saying like 
we the the church has been shifting in a direction of wanting to you know of saying that we're supporting more creatives and I've entered a partnership with the scratch where the church has funded a creative endeavor of ours like and and I'm grateful for the areas that it has but it's really sad on the local church level where I see pastors saying that and it's kind of like talking out of both sides of their mouth yeah. because then they go out and they say yeah $10 that's I'm not going to spend that yeah. to learn something about learn about what I'm wanting to do yeah um and it's it, it is insulting to be told bas- like what that's what that message is and Matt, I don't know if you agree with this, but the way that I the way that I hear that, and there's no other way around this, is um, I want you to use the thousands of hours that you've poured into this to save me. I want to save thousands of hours of work. I want you to just fast forward through all of that for me right. for free. Yeah, you spent the money, so I don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you know, all learning is learning from somebody else who did it the hard way, right? To save you time, right? That's why people write books. That's why they do podcasts. That's why they do all sorts of things. But you know, at the end of the day. Knowledge in a knowledge economy is is valuable. It is a commodity. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who also has watched thousands of hours of YouTube to learn how to do things, that's not fun. Like I don't I don't sit <laughs> no. there and like watch it just I mean, I do enjoy like learning, okay, but I don't yeah, if I that's not how I want to choose to 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 spend my time, you know. No, I don't want to sit for hours watching microphone reviews and um, learning about videos, the amount of hours I poured into review camera reviews, lighting reviews, which say all you want about any money that I may have wasted buying lights that I don't use very often. But when my power went out after tornadoes in Chattanooga last week, my camera lights came in handy. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, it it is it is real effort that goes into this. And and yes, I know it sounds like I'm complaining and venting. I'm venting is what I'm really doing here because um, it is it has been frustrating. Um, and in this era of quarantine and less social interaction, the other side of this is it's been compounded by the fact that podcasting is already a, a format where, um, where you don't get a lot of feedback, right? Uh, there's, it's like pulling teeth to get people to write in or leave reviews or whatever, because they usually listen while they're doing something else. Right. And, th- and that's not, um, that's fine. Um, the downside is though, I am someone who really does like, words of affirmation are helpful to me. Uh, knowing that what I'm doing is bringing some sort of value um, is helpful as well. Not just seeing download numbers on a, you know, on an analytics chart on my host. So the lack of kind of feedback, the lack of even constructive criticism, um, like all of that has kind of, it has really played into that as well. I'm just exhausted. And I'm to a point at this exact moment in time where it kind of feels like all of this is almost for nothing. Um, or it's not even making an impact like I like it was or like I thought it was. Um, it doesn't feel like it is. If it is, great. I don't know. That's the problem is I'm doing this with this uncertain level of I have no idea what its actual impact is anymore. Yeah. And if you guys can't see, I think your patrons can see the video, right? Yeah, they can see the video. Okay. Well, for everyone else who isn't a patron, um, Joe, Joe Biden is hugging Ryan right now. Aww. He just kind of showed up and, and just started yeah, hugging just came without right asking for permission, just started hugging Ryan. <laughs> but honestly, like he's coming from a very real place right now because, I mean, Ryan, not Joe Biden, uh, because so many people that I know are are just getting run into the ground right now. Like Ryan is producing a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm producing a lot of stuff, like running an online church every week. I took this. I took this last Sabbath off, but running an online church every week is exhausting. Like as a pastor, I often feel like, like literally everything is on my shoulders right now. 
And Mm -hmm. like members are like, can you mail me the Sabbath school quarterly? It's like the little lesson guide we use, uh, like Sunday school, but Sabbath school. Uh, and like, when you mail me these things, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into this public place and buy envelopes to get these things for, you know, to do that. And then like other people are like asking for things. And then it's like, I'm trying to like recreate this service online. And it, sometimes it's pretty cool, but it is exhausting and it is stressful. A couple of weeks ago, I was on live for two and a half hours and it's exhausting. Uh, I know a Hispanic pastor here in Illinois who was who was on uh, on this last Sabbath for ten hours. Him and a bunch of other people doing a, doing a, uh, worship. It is exhausting, and a lot of us are burning out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm to the point now where number one, specifically with absurdity, I feel like I'm hitting a wall with content because everything's shut down for COVID nineteen, and the only direction it feels like I can go right now is complaining about how Trump is handling this. Um, and I don't necessarily want to go into that too too much. Um, a, because um, Matt, you're a pastor and there is a little bit of professional integrity and that wall, that that line that doesn't need to be crossed. And I don't want to put you in a position where you have to either speak up against or for anything. So that's number one, um, which is this show has to walk a fine line politically. Um, but I've been pretty outspoken on occasion. Um, but number two, like I just even, you know, you and I were brainstorming episode ideas and it was just kind of like, <laughs> it's like COVID uh, part 72, let's do it. Yeah. Like, and I'm tired of talking about COVID. Um, so, it, but it, it, the burnout got to the point where uh, Saturday on April 18, I posted two episodes of A Beautiful Faith simultaneously um, that I had been sitting on. They were edited. I had already edited them, but I sat there for literally two weeks I mean, I, I'm supposed to release A Beautiful Faith on Wednesdays. Consistently, I was getting it released on... Uh, consistently, I was getting it released on Thursdays, Thursday nights. I was getting it late. But this time, I waited a week and a half to get basically two episodes up. And the only reason... It only takes me five, ten minutes to upload them and you know craft an episode description. I just couldn't even get myself to do that. Like, I'm just so burnt out on the menial tasks of everything that... Um, I'm needing to reevaluate and take a step back because the bottom line is if if absurdity or the network or anything has been effective, it's only going to be as effective as I am healthy. So um, I'm, I've been spending a few days, uh, really a couple weeks, uh, evaluating this, seeing I've fallen behind on other projects for completely forgotten to create content in other areas where I've needed to, um, just burnt out. And so what we're basically going to be doing is... Um, Absurdity is the love that my camera backs out, blacks out for Patreon. What a bummer. Um, but the absurdity is going to be taking a break. Um, this is going to be the last episode that you hear for probably around a month. Um, we'll still probably be recording here and there so that I have a bank of episodes. Um, but um, yeah, I am taking a short break. And that is mainly uh, just because I need to catch up on other work. <laughs> Um, and absurdity is in a place where it's consistent enough that I can be okay with it. Um, I can't, a beautiful, or a beautiful faith is not going to be affected by this. Um, it's still going to be running every week. Um, the reason being that is in a more kind of critical point of trying to grow the audience and establish ourselves. So that one's still going to be going on a weekly basis, but absurdity is going to be taking a break. And when it returns, at least for the foreseeable future, I don't know. I can't say for sure when this will end. You'll know when it ends, when I start going weekly again, but it will be going every other week. Um, and that's just because I need to sustain myself and take care of myself. Um, 
and uh, spend some time reevaluating. Um, even I like I have mail that's piled up. I have just basically my personal life is starting to really take a toll from this. And yeah, um, his, I his dog has gone on strike. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, my dog is barking a lot more now because all of my neighbors are home and they're doing stuff outside. And so my dog just sits at the back door and barks nonstop. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, but so, yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, that is what's going to be happening. Um, and uh, I am sorry if that inconveniences anyone or is upsetting to anyone. But basically, if I want to keep providing high quality content, then I need to be high quality myself. Yeah. Um, and right now I don't feel that. So we are going to take a break. Um, but uh, Matt, I'm sure we'll be on for probably two, one or two, maybe three more episodes. But then once um, and then once Tony comes off sabbatical, he'll be back um, and we'll go from there. But um, that is something that I just wanted to make clear to everyone. We are taking a break. I'm just tired and I need a break. I have been going and going and going um, on top of a full-time job that has gotten 10 times harder throughout all of this. And now I'm having to make online content for that because I'm, you know, the content specialist for yeah. my office in this, in this arena. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I need to, I need to balance my life out. And there's, there's probably a lot of listeners out there who are, maybe nodding their heads like they get it. If, especially if you're a healthcare professional right now uh, on the front lines of this thing. I mean, you guys are probably like super stressed out right now in ways that we can't relate to. But I think I don't, I, someday I think we're probably going to have an official term for what people are going through right now. This, this burnout burnout isn't the most perfect word for it, but we're going to have a term for this later. Someone's going to figure it out, but just kind of a general wearing down a weariness of this, this kind of the mundaneness of this uh, of this kind of situation that we're all in in life right mm. now. So I don't know. Maybe you were somebody who stayed at home anyway, and now you're home and the whole family's home all the time, and you feel like you're wearing down. So you're just not alone. Just want to let you guys know that uh, if you're wearing yeah, down and burnout, you're not alone. Just reach out to somebody and just let them know. Man, I was meeting with a, a few other pastors, talking to one of the conference leaders, uh, which employs me. And they were like, well, how is everybody going in your areas? And I'm like, I just, I can't lead online church this week. I am, I'm burnt out. Like, I just, I can't do it. Like, I woke up one morning trying to sort through the problems, the technical problems of setting it up. And I just started feeling anxious. Like I was going to get an anxiety mm. attack. I'm like, I just can't do it. And I felt really guilty because it's like, dude, that's your job. Like right now you have one job and that's to lead church online. <laughs> And I felt horrible about it. And you can talk to my wife, you know, I mean, not if you don't know her, that'd be weird. But uh, if you asked my wife, she'd be like, I just drove her crazy for a few days because I was like, I just, I can't give up. I have to do it. It's my job. I have to do it. It's my job. And she's just yeah. like, no, you don't, man. Just take a week off. I'm like, no, it's like my one purpose for existing right now. You know, it's to hold this community together. And finally, I listened to her. And uh, I'm really glad I did because I feel I'm in a much better place. So Honestly, don't be too hard on yourselves. Just give yourselves a break. Just give yourself, mm -hmm. do, what you, do whatever you got to do to recharge. I mean, that's obviously what absurdity is going to be doing, but just take care of yourselves, guys. Yep. I will say too, uh, during this time, uh, there, I'm going to leave a link down in the description and I'm also going to make it an ad that's going to go through all of the episodes so that anyone listening can do so. Uh, basically saying absurdity is on a break for the next month. Um, no new episodes until, um, until the end of May. But... Um, one thing that will be really helpful is there's going to be a link to a Google form in the episode description um, and on Absurdity's, on Absurdity's website. It'll be uh, uh, theabsurdity.org slash survey. 
Um, and it's just going to be a Google form link for you to uh, fill out. And basically, the, there's going to be a couple things. Number one is I'm going to just be honest in saying I need a couple words of encouragement. If this podcast, I haven't heard anything in a while. Um, and so if you are someone who has been touched positively by the show or um, uh, has benefited from it in any way, shape or form, um, there will be a space for you to share that. Um, and that would be helpful for both me and Tony. Tony could use that encouragement as well right now. Um, and then, so include some, some specific stuff too, if you can, or, you know, highlight episodes, anything like that, that's been helpful to you. But the other thing that will be in there is just some, um, uh, it'll be some, uh, a box for you to submit episode ideas. If you have any suggestions, anything you'd like us to talk about or talk about again, um, I'm more than happy to, um, to, uh, take those and see about integrating them. I can't promise every suggestion will be used but I do want to crowdsource a bit and you are my listeners. So it's important that I listen to you as well um, and you get input on, on what we do. Uh, so there will be a link to that um, in the episode description as well as uh, theabsurdity.org slash survey. So yeah, that's up there. Um, but with that said, um, I don't know, Matt, is there anything else that you want to share there or anything there we think we've about covered it? Yeah, I think we've about covered it. I mean, I think you've explained here what's going on going forward and, I think we've, uh, it's just, we need to reach out to each other right now. And mm -hmm. I think that goes both ways. This is a relationship yeah. you've built with your audience and, uh, you know, we need each other now. Well, and I, I, I will say this too, cause I want to, I a hundred percent agree with you. I do want to temper it with something that I saw on Twitter. Really it was a Reddit screenshot of Twitter, but neither here nor there. Um, Tia Maori, you know, Tia Tamara, uh, Tia Tamara from, uh, the, the, Disney Channel show, the the twins show. I forget what it's, I think it was just called. I forget what it's called now. Um, but Tia Maori tweeted out basically saying like, this quarantine is going to prove who your real friends are. Um, if your friend, you know, who whoever's reached out to you and asked how you're doing and made sure you're okay. Like those are your real friends and everyone else is, is toxic basically. And there was a counter to that or, or a reply saying like, no, that's bull. Like, <laughs> Um, your real friends, like if, if they're your real friends and you're their real friend, then you'll understand why they probably haven't reached out and why they're tired and like they're going through stuff too. Um, and so I, while I do want to say it is important that we reach out, what I don't want to say is any relationships, uh, should be based on whether or not someone reaches out or how they care for you in this time. Um, and I would also argue that for, um, in favor of churches, because there are there are a lot of churches that are really struggling to figure out how they're going to survive at the other side of this with mm -hmm. with income going down with um yeah there's a lot of people that are that there's a lot of uncertainty too so if your church hasn't even reached out yet be a little bit patient um uh be a little bit more patient too um it is it is quite the adjustment everyone is trying to figure this out on the same plane um and in the same way so yeah i i just want to balance that out by not putting too much stock in whether or not someone reaches out, but it is important that we do reach out to each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, now that we're done talking about serious stuff, let's talk about serious stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you sent me this. Um, I don't, how did you find this Reddit thread, by the way? I can't, uh, I can't explain that. It's a year old. How does anybody find anything on Reddit? That's fair. Uh, Reddit search function is probably the worst, yep. the worst search function on the planet. You are better off Googling Reddit and then whatever you're searching for <laughs> than you are trying to find. You're better putting off putting cat treats on your keyboard and just letting your cat walk over the keyboard while Reddit is open. Accurate. Which, by the way, I'm loving this flood of videos of people playing tic-tac-toe with their cat or their dog where they put treats down 
and wherever the dog takes a treat from, that's uh, that's their play. Um, and then <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Pray for Ryan, hilarious. everybody. Um, this is what it's, it's I love to. this trend. <laughs> um, yes, it is. You're you're right. Um, no, but you 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 saw this thread uh, and sent it to me, and I love this. It's what's the uh, what's the worst thing that you have encountered at church? It's from Ask Reddit. There will be a link in the show notes for this as well. Um, and yeah, I think what what I, I want to give you space here. What is the um, kind of what is the angle that we that we really want to talk about this from? What is what do you think is the way that we should have this conversation? Yeah, to me, it's just. I... I want to look past, I want to look past COVID a little bit. Like, like you, I'm just, I'm tired of talking about COVID, but, uh, so I want to look past, you know, what the church, I guess, before this crisis, the church after this crisis. And I'm, as a pastor, I'm always curious about the experiences people have at church. I'm, I'm invested in that. I want them to have positive experiences. And I've noticed it's really easy when somebody comes to church and they say, uh, maybe something happens and they leave, you know, and they're upset about something. And it's, it's just really easy. I've seen a lot of church members. I've seen a lot of pastors look at those situations and be like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we dropped the ball a little bit there, but, you know, it's their fault. You know, they didn't love the truth, you know, or we find some kind of way to to theologize the situation. And so I'm like, well, I want I want to, I guess, look into what some some people's experiences are at church. And I realize, like on this thread, which. By the way, if you don't want to see certain language being used, uh, I don't know, find a filter or something. But well, it's I mean, there. It's, it's Reddit, It's going to be full of people who've had bad yep. encounters with the church. Right. That can only go one direction. Right. So this is a year ago. There's 708 comments. All right. I get that there's a lot of churches in America, but this is not just a situation of, you know, one person coming to a church and just, you know, whatever, having a fluke bad experience or they, they came across the grumpiest member of your congregation. Like this stuff happens all the time. It happens constantly. Mm-hmm. And like we've got to be aware of this because I, I look at some of this stuff and I'm like, okay, it's just funny or whatever. And then some of the other stuff, I'm like, dang, we've got to do better. Yeah. We've got to do better than yep. this. Um, there's an amazing thread. I'm going to see if I can find it. I've talked about it on the show before. Um, but when the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, which is our kind of world office of the church, that level of, of church uh, organization, uh, started doing the mailing out of the great controversy randomly uh, to people. There was someone in the San Francisco subreddit that that oh, got, no. had gotten the book in their mailbox and was like, what is this? And someone made a synopsis. They were like, I got this as well. And I read it. And this is a summary of it. And it talks, he references like zombie Jesus and uh, leading an army of the undead. And he basically puts like all of the terms that Adventists would use for end times in like in normal language, <laughs> uh, as far as like how people would read that at a base level. Um, kind of like if you read, if you read the Garden of Eden story in as simple a terms as possible, uh, God made Adam and Eve, and then he put a tree in the garden with a fruit, told them not to touch that fruit, um, but put it within reach of them. Uh, then Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Now we all die. Like it's that kind of level of trying to read it as something absurd. Um, and it was the funniest thing, also the saddest thing to see because it mm-hmm. showed how tone deaf the church was being to to people and how they would respond to receiving this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- this is what's the worst thing you've encountered at church? And obviously we have no idea if any of these are Adventist or not. I'm assuming most of them aren't. 99.99999% of these yep. probably aren't. Um, you can always tell the Adventist ones though. Like I just, there's... Uh, there's something about some of them. You're like, oh crap, that's one of our people, isn't it? 
Yep. Or you you worry like that could be one of our yeah. people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it bad that there are sometimes where I'm like that could either be us or that could be Jehovah's Witnesses? Right. <laughs> um, I don't know what that says about us or them. Um, but no. Okay. So let's start with a light one because it's the top <laughs> comment. Uh, it is the most upvoted on that post with a thousand eight hundred. Uh, and the comment says, I was probably six years old at the time. I had a bit of a tummy ache, so I cocked my leg up and farted one in, on one of those old oak pews mid-prayer. It was not silent. The preacher responded, I believe someone's had a movement of the spirit. <laughs> Amazing. That, that preacher was on his yes, game. Yes, he deserves an award for that. Like There should be just like an instant award in moments like that. Yeah, kind of like like it's like the Darwin Award, but not you know awarded posthumously. And uh, but we will award it pretty quickly, and we should award this as well. Uh, that's amazing, that kind of wit. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so that I'm sure he was embarrassed as heck about that. But if that's the worst thing, I'll take that. Yeah. If, if the worst thing is something you remember now that happened to you when you were six, and it was actually a good thing. Yeah. In retrospect, like it yeah. wasn't actually that bad. Then yeah, I'm in. Right. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, the question that's being answered here by all these people is, what's the worst thing that you encountered at the church? It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the church did something wrong. It's just, the, you know, like super embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My, my favorite My favorite comment to that story was, those who fart in church sits in pew. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, that's awesome. Oh, man. Um, so... Okay, that was a simple one. That was that was a good dip our toes in the water, check the temperature. By the way, to Patreon, I don't know what's happening with my camera right now, um, but it's not capturing me. It just keeps blacking out. I keep trying to refresh it and it goes out. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. Um, but um, yeah. let's, um, let's move on to the next comment. Um, it's been about a week since I've seen these, so this is, I'm yeah. going to be reading these kind of for the first time again. But do you want to read this next yeah, one? Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay, so here's the comment from Reddit. Me and my wife, only dating at the time, were invited to my uncle's church. He was a relatively cool guy, so we agreed. And it was one of those jumping around yelling churches. Awesome description. It should be on the sign. Uh, he says, but we didn't mind because it was always nice to see people have that kind of passion for something. Well, eventually the sermon started and the preacher began talking about undignified churches or something and how there was someone present that was invited from one. I guess that came from one of these undignified churches. He then described how they were sitting arms crossed and silent. Yes, that guess what me and my wife were doing? We left and I wasn't going to say anything because maybe I was just being paranoid. But the first thing out of her mouth was, did that dude just call us out? Mm. Too long, didn't read, went to a church where the preacher called us out because we went to a church he didn't like. That sounds like something that would happen in an Adventist church. I'm going to be like in, in some, not all, but I 100% can see that because I, I've sat... I've sat in a church where during Sabbath school, which is at the Adventist Sunday school, we just do it on Saturday, um, the uh, where church members just railed on um, a popular mega church and their worship style and how they had attended it once to see what it was like. And it just made their stomach feel terrible with the rolling bass and all this stuff. And um, imagine if someone had just walked in during that, there was just a guest in the room and that's what they're talking about. Like I could 100% see something like that happening in yeah. really any church. Yeah, really any church. And I mean, I think, Part of the reason f I want to talk about this a little bit more after we get done with these comments, because there's, there's something I want to say about that, but yeah, absolutely. It's just, yeah, I, we can, it just, it makes you cringe, right? If you're a pastor or somebody who's invested in your local church, that just makes you cringe. All right. Here's yeah. what the next one. 
All right. The next one is um, an older parishioner entered church and saw a young family sitting in her pew. Uh, she explained that she had been sitting in that very pew for years and asked them to find another, which they refused to do. When the pastor came over to intervene, she insisted that out of respect for her many years of church membership, they should be made to move. He told her, surely you can welcome newcomers by being more accommodating. And she just took off in a rage saying, I'm leaving and so is my substantial pledge. This one makes just makes me, like, don't get me wrong, the last one made me angry, but this one makes me angry um, because I've encountered this kind of member personally. Like I've seen, I've seen essential, not this exact thing, but yes, this exact thing. Yep. Um, and it's sad to me. Yep. Um, I, granted, this happens in college too. Like, there's college is the first time where you're entering a place where there will pretty much never be assigned seating unless like you're in a lab. And um, like, but every day or, or every every semester, everyone chooses their seat the first day of class. And the domino effect that happens if someone comes in and takes one person's seat, like watch it. You just watch <laughs> student after student come in and realize that now their seat has been taken because of that one person. And it's this, you know, because now that person has to take someone else's seat and it, yeah. it just goes from there. The, the chaos that ensues when someone takes someone else's seat um, is borderline entertaining. Yeah. Um, but, but this is, I mean, obviously this is, this is much more serious because it's like, yes, you should know better, woman. Like you should know better. Like who does this? Yeah, after your many years of church service, you don't like you that should be your number one priority is being is celebrating that there are new people there. The point of the point of church is to bring people who weren't there there. Right. I know it. I don't I know it. I just I just ah! I'm proud of the 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 young family for standing their ground. They were probably incredibly embarrassed, but No um, kidding. Yeah, I'm I, I you know, I can imagine how I would feel as the young family just sitting there even a family too. I'm, I'm, I, this implies that there were kids present, however old they were. Um, yeah. That, that just witnessed this. That's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I, oh, yeah. um, I want to clarify too. We're doing this. We're sharing these, not because we just want to rag on the church or anything like that. We're sharing these because these are real experiences that people have had with the church. And absurdity is about giving platform to things kind of like this. So even though Reddit is a platform in and of itself, I think it's these help. These are an opportunity for self-reflection for those of you that are active church members um, and or church leaders. And these are things that like, these are real experiences that we can't just sweep under the rug and pretend don't happen. These happen. Yeah. These are real. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They're, I mean, some of these I'm like, I don't know if this is the full story, but this yeah. is how these, yeah. I don't think anybody on this, on this thread are like intentionally trying to make stuff up. Some Correct. of them may not have the full picture, like both sides of what really happened, and they're only reporting on what they believe happened. Okay, so there might be some of that. But nevertheless, they're reporting how they see it. And if there was another side to some of these stories, obviously something wasn't done to, to make them aware. Like there was no like reach out to be like, no, 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 I think you misunderstand. This is really what we meant. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like, so they're not, it's not getting across to them. Like what really just ticks me off about this woman is not, it's not even about the pew. It's about the attitude of yep. I am entitled. And I deserve my spot here for two reasons. Number one, because I've been here a long time. I get seniority. And number two, because I give a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I'm entitled to, to perks here. And it's like that woman has missed the entire point of everything. And she has wasted all of those years of her life coming to church. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yep. 
Like if that's how you look at it, it's just a business transaction. I put in time and I put in money. So I get something out of this. I don't want to put it on the pastor either, but like if I was that pastor too, I would have this kind of sense of failure on my end of like, what, how do, how would my other members react to this? Like, would they, you know, is this an isolated thing or do a, do a lot of my members actually feel this kind of way? And would they do something like this? Like how much have my members actually grown in their time in church? Yeah. That's, I mean, it, that's, that's a scary question for a pastor to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like I'm saying, like, it's not the, it's not necessarily the pastor's fault. I don't want to say it is. And I remember being blamed for things as a pastor when I was there for, I was at a church for a year. These are probably like, you can't fix a church in a year. Typically yeah. you can't fix all the problems the church has in a year. And there were people blaming me because my church acted a certain way or did something. And I'm like, these problems existed long before me. Like, don't put this on me. <laughs> I've been there a year. I can't, yeah. there's, there's only so much you can do. So I don't want to put that 100% on leadership, but I do want to say like that would make me question how effective my work actually is. Sure, and let's just, yeah, sure. And let's let's assume for the benefit of the doubt that he was a new new pastor. But like his statement, surely you can welcome newcomers by being more accommodating, sounds exactly like what most pastors would say. But exactly. I guarantee on the inside, he's probably thinking he wishes he could say something else. Yes. Yup. Like it's just a, yes, <laughs> something else. It's a good. It's a good way to say that. Something I mean, because it's just like you, you, you put up with this stuff, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying not to lose your cool in front of this new family, but you just want to be like, what the blank and blank and blank is yeah. wrong with you? You know, to you're put like, it in terms of the, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, in some way, shape, or form, and this is kind of crude language to put this in, but it's interrupting a sale. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that's what this member is doing. They're interrupting a sale. They're, they're, they're it's, it's, and that's sad. Um, that's yeah. really sad. Um, all right. The next one is, um, the next one is short, sweet to the point and, uh, didn't happen to the person who commented it, but they witnessed it. And that, that's a, that's a perspective that also needs to be talked about is those who witness something bad happen and how they react to it. Um, but it says a teen at church got pregnant. Uh, so they kicked her out of the membership, didn't let her come to that church anymore and basically shunned her. These were people she had known for years. Terrible. Um, man, I have, I have so many feelings about this. Yeah. This is um, not an uncommon one, right? No, not, I've seen this happen to friends of mine, like, and, and people I know that either got kicked out of school or kicked out of, um, church. And I get it. Like you don't want people doing that. So you can't be seen as like, I get, I get both sides of this. You can't be seen as being, you know, allowing or encouraging that kind of behavior if that's not behavior that you want in your community, like does that make sense? Like I, I get that. Um, and I understand the desire there, but at the same time, like the baby doesn't deserve, even the baby doesn't, especially actually the baby does not deserve to be shunned from a community that could love it for the, for a, I'll, I'll assume mistake, but it doesn't even matter if it was a mistake. Um, but from the actions of its mother, I'm sorry, that's just not, that that's not right to me. Yeah. But like, even the actions, like, I don't, even when it comes to the mother, like I, I have two daughters and obviously I do not want them to get pregnant while they're a teenager. I think that's just way too early in life. You know, heaven forbid, they don't even leave the house these days until they're 30. So uh, <laughs> that's just way too early. But at the same time, if I'm a retired pastor by that point or wherever it is, I will, I will come unglued on whatever church they're in if this happens to one of them and that church does not love them and support mm-hmm. them and help them through this, 
Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Like, I want my daughters to know, look, whatever church you're in, if you're in a situation like this, you know, it's not ideal, whatever, like that church will be there for you. You know, I want them to know that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're like, sometimes I think we're just so obsessed with like, well, we don't want to send the wrong message. Like we're just so obsessed with the, the image of the situation. Like everybody's getting pregnant now. Everybody's getting divorced now, guys. You know, it's like if if a member of your congregation gets pregnant or divorced, it's not like, oh, wow, what's wrong with that church? We can't go there anymore. You know what I mean? Like stuff happens. People know that stuff happens now. And it's like yep. the first thought should not be, well, whose fault is it? You know, like, should we we need to make sure we assign blame where it needs to like, OK, first of all, just take care of that person. Like, get a hold of that girl and be like, are you OK? Like, is this something you were wanting to happen? Is this something that just, you know, you didn't intend to happen? Like, what do you need? You know, we can get you to classes. Here's some women who've been this through this before. They're going to guide you through this. Right. And just help them. Yeah. Yeah. Just help. Like this is the scariest, potentially scariest moment of their life so far, if not definitely. And they could use the support. And I, and I get the whole like deliver them to their sins and they need to understand how bad what they did was. And they won't if they, you know, if, if we, if we show mercy here, but I'm like, remember the mercy that you've been shown by God. <laughs> Um, right. And yeah. keep that in mind when you're doing, when you're handling yeah. a situation like this. It, yeah. Like, do you think Jesus ate with the sinners and tax collectors and was like, boy, how's this going to look? Yeah, for real. Um, he, he like, man, if man, that, that gets me, don't even get me started on my, my most hated verse in the Bible, uh, most hated misused verse or mistranslated <laughs> verse of the Bible. Sorry. Um, which is, uh, avoid the appearance of evil. I've talked about that several times, but I hate that verse. Oh, yeah. if, if we lived by that interpretation of that verse, by that specific translation, avoid the appearance of evil. Um, or at least the meaning of appearance that everyone is, th- that everyone puts on that. Um, avoid the appearance of evil, then Jesus would have failed that and Jesus wouldn't be qualified for our savior. Being called a drunkard, yeah. a glutton, um, no way. So yeah. so we're clear. Um, that's not the appearance that that verse is talking about. Um, so um, there. here's another one. Uh, Matt, do you want to read this one? Yeah, so somebody was kind of reacting to the, the previous one, the pregnancy one, and said, "This that happened to me except it wasn't pregnancy. The youth pastor started being really inappropriate. I told one of the church elders, which is what you should be doing, uh, because I sometimes spent the night at an older male friend's house. He was also somebody who went to church. Everyone blamed me, and I was shunned for, quote-unquote, causing drama. After their disgusting youth group seminar on dating and homosexuality, I'd had enough. I left and didn't come back. Man, reactive? I, I just, I don't know if this is how this played out, but the most annoying thing in leadership, whether it's members or pastors, is reactive leadership like this that... um that resp- that chooses to respond to something they disliked uh, by doing in a very passive aggressive way by just doing a seminar on it. Like <laughs> there's nothing that may or a, or preaching on it next week, right? Instead yeah. of actually having a one-on-one conversation with the person, you basically make them feel like there's a spotlight on them, whether or not you mention them or not. Uh, you know, whether or not you mention them, and it it, it is the most. If you want to, if you want to shun someone, that's how you do it. If you want to make sure that if you want to ensure that what whoever it is that you want to talk about um, or that sparked this talk is not going to hear you, this is what you do. Um, yeah. I don't blame, regardless of what that dating and homosexuality seminar had content-wise, I don't blame them for having enough. Yeah, and there's there's one I just want to kind of throw in here because it's somewhat related. Uh, the, the last one, um, it says, the principal of my Christian school chased a recently outed uh, Chase, they recently outed as gay man off the property with a gun. 
in front of the entire school of children. Jeez. Uh, I, I feel like a common thread with a lot of these when you read through them is so many churches are just out of touch. And I don't mean out of touch like the music is old. I don't mean out of touch like they don't dress like every, I don't mean I, I just I mean out of touch in terms of like just understanding how they should behave in the world around them. I mean, it's almost like you, you bring that uncle who doesn't get out much, doesn't go out to eat much, and you take him to like a nice veggie steakhouse you know, for his birthday, that's like really expensive and like just shows up like I'm going to, uh, you know, and just some like goofy nineties TV show, raggy t-shirt and, you know, burps loudly, you know, you just kind of like, they don't know how to behave in this, mm-hmm. in this space. And like, and that's kind of how I feel about some of these churches that I'm, I'm reading yeah. about. Like now, it's embarrassing. Fair, I do want to recently outed as gay man off the property. There, there's a, there's a lot of that story that's being left, left out. Yeah. Cause I don't know anything gun. about the, yeah, I don't. I don't know if the man, like, I don't know who that man is. Was he a staff member? Like, in front of the entire school of children, he chased this person off campus. Was it some? Like, I don't know who that man was. I'd like to know that. But regardless, there's. I cannot think of a circumstance where chasing any man or woman off the property with a gun um, is a good thing to do. I like. I can't think of a situation where that. And like, unless it's in the moment and you don't have time to call the cops and you have a gun and like it's self-defense or defending a child. Like, okay, sure. But I don't know that th- there's just not enough context here, but it seems like it wasn't that bad yeah. as far as far as general context. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just anyway. So that's, just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what details could be added to that story that, that makes that like, Oh, okay. Well, I get it now. Like, it's, exactly. it's just, <laughs> I just don't know how you get that one out of the yeah. hole. Like, but the, um, you know, again, like you may be listening to this if you're, you know, you go to church and you're like, well, I'm glad that's not my church. I imagine it's one of these type of churches or those type of churches or whatever. But like some of these are extreme, right? This is a question about the worst things, the worst experiences people have had. It doesn't necessarily mean like the worst churches. Uh, yeah. People can have the worst experiences at any church. And yep. the common, like when you just, like I said, you read through these things and it's not just like, uh, just hearing like people having bad days and all these bad days are being strung together. And you're like, well, that's not really a, an accurate picture of anything that we can, you know, what lessons do you draw from this other than these, you know, what you can draw from is you, you just realize these, these tend to be happening in churches that react a certain way. Yep. Like you, you just start seeing like the culture of these churches as being a common denominator in a lot of these experiences. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I take away from it. And there's, there's a lot of good things about church culture that that uh, that are worth preserving, and there's things about church culture that desperately needs to change. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, I'll share this last one uh, from the pastoral perspective. This is annoying. Um, pastor's kid chiming in. Not the worst thing I can think of, but still boils my blood. We had a family that would constantly send emails to everyone in the church except my family, stating that my father should divorce my mom after almost 20 years of marriage because, quote, his marriage was getting in the way of serving the congregation in the church. This happened when I was 15 and my sisters were preteens. Mind you, I'm not actually going to look at the last sentence um, because that just outs the the denomination and that's not, I don't want to do that without, yeah, that's just not, no reason. But yes, um, that that that's a very real expectation that pastors seem to have uh, yeah. on put on them a lot of the time by unreal. It's an unrealistic expectation. It's getting better, but it's still there. Yes, it is getting much better. Um, 
I don't see as many, really, I see the old guard of pastors um, being still the ones whose like wife runs women's ministry or does children's story or whatever. But I'm starting to see less of that. I'm starting to see more, a little bit more independence um, of mm-hmm. the, you mm-hmm. know, which is good. Like I have friends who are either quote high up in ministry or otherwise, and people have never seen their wife um, never on the stage <laughs> with them, never like their yeah, wife they're... has maintained a completely separate life yeah. from having to just be the prop for their husband. Um, and that's exciting. Like, I'm really glad to see that. Um, not that I don't, I don't want necessarily wives or, or husbands to feel like you can be a part of your spouse's ministry, but th- what matters to me is that it's your choice to be. Mm-hmm. And um, right. Right. yeah, that's, so yes, I'm glad that that is starting to change for sure. Yeah, it it is. And, you know, I, it's that one, that last one is a tough one for me because it's just like, sometimes you read these things and you're like, how do these church members doing this survive in the real world? Because mm-hmm. you can't behave like that at work. You know what I no. mean? No, you can't. Like there's like, it's just, it's not like, there's so many things that happen in the church that are just not appropriate in society. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's a ton that happens. Um, I, there's a subreddit I've talked about before, uh, 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 pastors arrested and it's nothing but, uh, but basically news articles or otherwise of pastors or teachers or, you know, private school people, just religious people in general that are, that have jobs in the church, uh, being arrested for, and 99% of the time it's an older male for inappropriate activity with a minor or with a church member. And it's just like, um, or, you know, sexual assault, rape, whatever. And I'm not saying being flippant about those things. I'm just saying like, it's usually in that category, whatever it may be. And um, no, there's a ton of, there's across the board, members or otherwise, there's a ton of things that do happen in churches, um, in the church as a whole that are not, they shouldn't be a part of normal society or or like they they aren't a part of normal society and they're not necessarily the the different kind of society that the church should have. Because the church should be different, but not that different, not that kind of different. Yeah, like more advanced. Correct. And how we treat each other right. and how we interact. Yes. Not less advanced. Not less advanced. Not and it's less just, advanced. Like, that's, uh, that's what's so frustrating is it's because I, I, I'm i finding myself doing that all the time. I'm in a great church right now, so this isn't necessarily reflective of them. But I mean, I, I knew uh, like a, a, a denomination where they were hiring pastors for a certain area that had a high cost of living and they knew they weren't paying them enough. And so they basically hired them and they would look more carefully at people whose wives uh, wanted to work because they're like, well, that's the only way you can make it here is if your Mm -hmm. wife, your spouse, you know, was, was willing to work. And it's like, no, you should not be evaluating somebody for a job based on whether their spouse can work because otherwise, you know, you're not paying them enough to be able to do the job. And it's like, you know, that's not going to happen if you work at Google. Correct. And, you know, it's not going to happen if you're working at a, at a large company. And so it's just, you know, maybe we should just kind of come up with like a matrix for, for church behavior. It's like, could you get away with this at your job? Yes or no. You know, like a flow chart yeah, exactly. or whatever for making this decision. Or at home or wherever, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. We should do that just as a meme. I'm fully yep. in. Um, so we only have a few minutes left. We did spend a lot of time talking about burnout and otherwise, which I needed. So you know, whether or not you agreed with that rant or any part of it um, or anything like that, like just, I needed it. So thank you for being patient with me. Um, but I, you know, we're going to expedite the next little part of this, but I think 
uh, what we want to do is use that as a springboard to talk about like what we what we hope the church can look like afterward because this is this is the pivotal moment. This can be a real real flashpoint or watershed moment where the church can make some needed changes to the way it does community and the way it actually does church life in general. Um, and um, so I'd love for us to talk about a couple things that we liked prior to the shutdown that we think should be preserved and things that we don't think should be preserved. Yeah. Um, I think that would be, um, and then we'll end with what we hope, uh, what we hope churches will learn from this, from this shutdown as a whole. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about things we liked. <laughs> let's be positive for a second. The good old days when we could come days. together in person and mm-hmm. worship the Lord. Yep, absolutely. Um, I miss that. Yeah, I miss hanging out with people and doing stuff. I had some people over yesterday. I was helping them with a video. And um, it was just cool to be around people I hadn't seen in a while. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I also miss the kind of set time of accountability. There was something to look forward to at the end of the week. Um, if you'd like your church, there is anyway. Um, there was, uh, you know, it's accountability to maintain my spiritual life too. Um, you know, it's regular community and I, and I really appreciated that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I also think, um, the potential, I won't say this is a hundred percent the case because like I experienced, I didn't experience this when I was pastoring necessarily. I did in a limited way, but uh, the potential for an additional social life, right? Like it is a good, it's an, if you move to a new place, (laughs) And you're a Christian. The easiest way to find community is to go to church and and yep. like get to know people. Assuming that you have people that are like minded or you know, um, similar age, similar life experience, whatever. But that's why I say I didn't necessarily have those, so that was hard uh, for me. But yeah, the potential for additional social life is there. Like you can meet new people to some extent. Um, yep. So and uh, but and the flip side of that is the inclusion of people who may not actually think like you. Um, yeah. it's that iron sharpens iron, the exposure to different ideas and different ways of doing Christianity. That's what I love is about Christianity is there isn't just one flavor. There may be flavors I don't like, um, but there isn't just one flavor or one way to do this. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. And I think both of that tension that exists between those flavors uh, needs to be there because it keeps us, it keeps us in check. It keeps us accountable and it keeps, it makes us, you know, um, check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. <laughs> Um, very often. So yeah, right. those are some of the things that I feel. Yeah. I, I, and that social component, I mean, church, like there's just nothing like it. If I was moving to a different town or, I mean, well, let's just put it this way as it actually happens. Like people, we have some people who come to Peoria for a convention every single year. In fact, one of them just texted me uh, yesterday and said, they're not gonna be able to make it this year, but they come for a convention and it's like, we feed them. Like we know when they're coming. There's like 14 mm-hmm. of them. And they let us know and we get some food together just for them because it's, it's like they're coming from so far for this convention. They just want somewhere to eat. Uh, other people move here and boy, man, you come to church like one week, we can give you all the best restaurants. We can give you the best areas to look for a house. Mm-hmm. You know, we can give you like, you know, well, what do you think about working for this company? Uh, you know, so-and-so works there and they know, you know, they know your boss. They can put in a good word for you or whatever. Like it is, a, that networking is amazing in a healthy church. It really yep. is amazing. And just, you just, you can get plugged in so fast while you're still like getting to know your coworkers and still getting to know your neighborhood. You can get, you, you know, that those relationships are accelerated with, with the church members because you already have so much in common. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, the community is a huge part of it for sure. Um, it's basically everything. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, parts of church culture that we didn't like. Um, and I will say, 
for, and out of fairness for absurdity, because we normally complain a lot, um, oh. this list is pretty, is basically the exact same length. So we're being fair. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, we'll talk fair. about it twice as long. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Um, so the first thing is an overemphasis on the spiritual necessity of going to church. Um, and I, I, I've seen this a lot. I actually remember preaching about this once and I basically said like, hey, I get that I'm a pastor and my job kind of revolves around, you know, the success of my job revolves around you being here every week. Um, I kind of need you to be here to have a job, but I want you to know, like, if you need a Sabbath, if you need a Saturday or, or you know, you're not having a Sunday, uh, if you just need a Sunday to sleep in and recover and rest or spend time with family, like, know that I'm never going to guilt you for that. Like, go do that. If you need a month off, go do that. Like, take care of yourself and your family yeah. and be okay. Uh, um and I'm telling you that against my own self-interest as a professional in this, um, but go take care of yourself. But I, there are so many people that, that, that have made going to church such a, such a necessary, like such a, like it's, it, your faith isn't real if you don't at all. Yeah. And that's not okay. But I am worried that members will pivot off of COVID-19 and say, see, we should be so much more grateful um, that we can meet together and, you know, as, as a way of guilting and shaming people into do this. So I am worried that we will kind of fall back into that, but with a new perspective. Um, and I'm worried there, but I didn't like that in general, that overemphasis. I don't think that's, and I think we're seeing that, yes, it is important. And yes, people need interpersonal connection. Um, but the, 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 it, it's amplified because we're, we're missing interpersonal connection outs like outside of church too. We're yeah. missing it across the entire spectrum of our lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think parts of the church culture we didn't, that I don't like, uh, is that kind of uh, clubbishness. Mm. The the feeling it's like we are, we are the it, our community of faith. Like we're the ones who've got it all together, even though we're not perfect. And there's, and then we look for deficiencies in every other organization, be it a church or, you know, whatever, in order to help ourselves feel better. And yet, if you're on the outside looking at that church, you may look at that and be like, yeah, but they're lacking here, 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 here. They, they just don't get it, but they have a sense of superiority. Mm. And yep. I think, I mean, the internet, like right now, everyone's on the, on the level playing field. Like I see these gigantic churches trying to do online church, and it's like, it's not really that much better than no. this other church over here. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a giant media ministry right now doing doing live streaming. Like they had all sorts of technical difficulties night one, you know, things not working. And it's just like we're all in the same boat. Yeah. So let's just drop the whole, you know, well, we need to maintain our superiority during this mm -hmm. time. You know, like as a you're not. Like I will not say superior. and I don't want to just toot my own church's horn on this, so I'm not gonna say what church I go to, though those that know me know. Um, but what I will say is I I, I think the churches that are doing pre recorded stuff throughout the week and like crafting a service that way, a video service that way and having different segments and video cuts and everything. Like, I think that's really cool and is a way to include the creatives and include, you know, everyone in that creative process. So I, um, I do think that's cool. Um, and I think that's been one of the successful ways and ways to elevate it versus just doing a live stream. Not that there's anything wrong if you're just doing a live stream, please know that. I'm just saying for those that have the resources, um, that tends to go pretty well. So that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan of live streaming, but I get it. I, yeah. I like a mixture of pre-recorded and, mm -hmm. and live content. Uh, yeah. I think... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think too, um, I really hate the over-reliance on pastors to do the work. Um, the This is shown, if it, there's anything in COVID-19 that, that we've that we're 
that we're seeing is the need for us to all take care of each other. Um, I have a friend who is a pastor and he's been asked like, pastor, why don't you visit so-and-so or why don't you visit us more? Why don't you visit me more? What or yeah, they were basically saying like, why aren't you visiting other members more? And he said, well, why aren't you visiting other members more? And the guy mm. was like, what? Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, yes, it's part of our job to visit with members and talk with them, but you're a part of this community just the same as we are. Yeah. Like go and, and be a part of the community and take care of it too. Like there's a need. I just saw an article the other day of uh, yesterday, actually of teenagers who've now turned this whole they offered to, for some elderly women or elderly people in their neighborhood, they offered to go grocery shopping and for them and deliver the groceries, no contact. And it's turned into this big thing where teenagers all over are starting to do this for elderly people in their neighborhood. It is mm-hmm. not just the job of the pastor to, uh, to take care of, you're a part of a community, take care of each other. Um, yeah. so I hated that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's the last one that I'll share for sure. Yeah, I, there are, I mean, there are so many cool stories of what people are doing out there for sure. I, you know, to me, I guess the, the last one I'll share is it's like, I, right now, actually, this is a negative thing I see with some, some churches is it's like, we want to just project our normal four walls onto the internet. And they don't realize they're speaking to the whole world when you live stream or you, you mm. submit content online and it's like like nothing has changed like they just like they're unwilling to realize that somebody standing with a microphone in a physical building in a physical part corner of the world is they think that's the same as uploading a video to to youtube like nothing has changed for them yeah you know what i mean and it's like guys this is an opportunity this is an opportunity and it's like this this kind of the blinders like this is what so many of these people on reddit are reacting to it's just like this just stubbornness. Mm-hmm. I am going to be trotting this path no matter what you say or do, no matter how the world changes around me, I am not going to change. And it's like, you fools. I feel like that's like a great yeah. time for that biblical force of, of language. Like, you fool! Well, how many uh, churches are desperate for member or for visitors, for guests? This You will never have a higher chance of having a guest to just tune into your stream for even five seconds yeah. uh, yeah. Than, than, uh, than now. Um, yeah. There is a need to actually, you know, speak to speak as if there are people that are not in your church uh, that are watching this live stream, whether it's one person, whether it's five people, I don't care how many views your, your thing has. That one person is a person. That one view is a person that you had the opportunity yeah. to capture. And instead you yeah. shunned them and alienated them with language that they don't understand, that they don't care about yet, that they have no emotional baggage to, or maybe have negative emotional baggage to like, there's no, it's just, it, it yeah, it's frustrating for sure. Yep. So, um, what, what, um, what do we hope members learn from this shutdown uh, and not members, churches and members, I guess. Um, so I think number one, I think that I hope, I hope churches learn the actual pain of isolation. Um, I think all the social butterflies in the church, especially, um, but in general, I hope that uh, everyone begins to understand the pain of isolation more, especially for those that are working in the medical field um, or uh, just all of us in general, uh, the pain of isolation um, so that they can speak to that more and be a little bit more understanding when someone says they're feeling lonely and need someone to reach out. Um, And um, I also... 
um, hope that churches keep a better pulse on the economic realities and the needs of their members. Um, so that when something like this happens, you can kind of already know what to do. Yeah. Um, you can know who, who needs what help first and, and immediately, and you can, you can get to that point. So I do hope that this, this leads churches to better understanding the economic realities and needs of their members. Yeah. That's um, a good one. Yeah. Um, I also think, and would love to see, uh, you know, bouncing off of that building of funds, uh, you know, having a budget set aside to serve members um, and communities in emergencies like this. Um, really loved that uh, my church did this. Not only did they do this, um, there was a friend of mine, a good friend of mine and a friend of this podcast who um, uh, his girlfriend got uh, her, she, her whole story is incredible, but she had um, a, the tornadoes that came through Chattanooga last week. Uh, she had this inclination to get out of her bed and go hide in a closet about a minute before a tornado struck her house. Um, and managed Man. to wreck every part of their house except for where her family was. Some of her family oh. was like in a different room, like in three different rooms. She was in a closet um, and uh, her bedroom got torn, like just emptied. Every th things thrown everywhere, gone. She would have, she would have died. Hands like, it's not even a Ooh. question. Um, and she, but you know, there's been a GoFundMe um, set up for her to get clothes and things and everything. And uh, my church donated to that straight up as an organization. I think that's really cool. Um, like things like that. I, I hope that there's funds set aside for uh, in moments like this, for crises like this. Um, so yeah, and I think, I hope that I see members better taking care of one another. So yeah, that's my list. Uh, very simple and straight to the point, but I, I, I hope that we see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I just want to mention one thing. I know we got to go. Uh, but And that's like for members to bite the bullet and check their stupid emails, get on Facebook or, you know what I mean? Like, because it's really hard right now to contact everybody in a congregation. Like there's no really one technology that everybody has, uses, checks regularly, understands well. Mm -hmm. uh, we like, so they have things like calling trees, uh, like where you can send out like a voice, like a, a voice, a phone message to everybody at once, which we use, which is the, really the only thing that we have, we're limited to like two minutes and it's not really the best way of getting information because nope. <laughs> you listen to it and it's like, wait, what did he say? What was point number three that he wanted me to remember? I don't know. But you like, you email people and you find out they don't check email, you text them and you get a notification or whatever that the texting isn't set up. You try to leave them a voicemail message and it's like, they don't, you know, and it's like, I just want like everybody get a stinking Gmail account and check it every single day. Or, yep. you know, have notifications set up, do something. We will help you do it. We yep. will help you. I will I will put on my hazmat suit. I will come to your house. You know, I, obviously my hazmat suit's going to have like a Darth Vader vibe to it. So I'd be like, you have forgotten your password for the last time. <laughs> or something like that. Um, but guys, we all got to get on the same page here. Because it was really more or less like optional, whether a member was on Facebook or YouTube or something like that before this, it's not optional now. And it's like, I told our church secretary, it's like, if somebody doesn't get on social media or YouTube as a result of this, they will never get on ever. Like if you're, if you're not, if you're just sitting there week after week after week, not being connected with your congregation, which is doing something online and you don't care enough to like figure out how to do www.youtube.com. Like then there's nothing that can make you care. 
it's just, it's really frustrating from a leadership perspective because you're trying to, like, communication is so important during this and letting people know what's going on and making sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. And having this kind of, like, balkanization of technologies in terms of trying to get a hold of everybody is just really frustrating. Like, just bite the bullet. I yep. know it's hard. I know there's a learning curve for some people out there. They're just not inclined towards these dumb things. I get it. But please just make it easier mm-hmm. on, on the people who are trying to serve you. And just yep. let's all pick a medium and get on it. Yep. And you don't even have to active, proactively use it. Like You can use it reactively. You can just respond to things. You don't need to learn to navigate it as, a, you know, as an innate person or as a techie. You just need to know enough to respond to stuff. Um, it's fine. <laughs> we understand. Yep. It's no big deal. We just uh, being able to access is is really important. Uh, access one another, especially in times of isolation like this. So, um, so yeah, I think um, we've ended on some practical stuff um, and things that we hope that church members and churches will do out of this. And and we hope that you hear where we're coming from in this. We're not saying the church is terrible and they've done all these terrible things, and so we should hate them. What we're saying is like we need to be aware and and cognizant of the realities that people experience within the context of church. And we need to be sensitive to that and we need to respond to that. Um, and we need to be proactive about making sure that that doesn't happen in our own communities. So mm-hmm. that that the, oh, that happened over there. Well, that's never going to happen here. Well, we need to ensure that it doesn't happen here. So yeah. the we need to speak up if we see it happening. We need to intervene where we can protect people. And like that pastor who protected those newcomers, um, you know, we need to be, do things like that and protect, uh, protect people and protect each other. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening to absurdity, for being a part of this journey. We are, um, I'm incredibly grateful. Matt's grateful, even though he's only been here for a few episodes. Uh, Tony hey, is grateful. Fun. Yeah. The whole, the whole absurdity team, my editor, my social media person, everyone is so thrilled to be a part of this. Um, and so just know this is not like the break that we're about to take is not a sign of the end when I'm have zero intention of ever shutting down absurdity period. It's going to go indefinitely, whether it, you know, it's just, it's going to continue as far as long as I can go. But, um, I do need a break. I just need to, to rest. So, um, just know that not a sign of the end. Don't worry. Don't freak out, but uh, head over to theabsurdity.org slash survey and fill that out for me. That would be super helpful. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go check out Peoria Adventists on YouTube and Adventist History Podcast if you want to know about Adventism and its life in a way that's actually interesting. Um, go check that out. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening and we'll, we'll see you after the break. 